because I didn't take any classes or do any training. I just worked my way up and worked hard. And here I am. Welcome to the Capital Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Brinkley. Each week, we hear from stay-at-home moms who earn at least $2,000 per month without having to miss out on any of the precious moments with their kids. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Tiffany Schmidt. Tiffany is a mom of four with one on the way. She has been a stay-at-home mom for eight years and runs a photography business specializing in birth photography. She does doula work as well. She has attended well over 200 births over the last six years. She teaches childbirth classes and gets to snuggle babies for a living. She earns an average of $8,000 a month with busier months being in the spring and the fall. Tiffany, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here. That made me sound really amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are amazing. And I'm excited because you're the first guest that I've gotten to interview that I actually know in person. And we talked together, well, over eight years ago, because now you've been a stay-at-home mom. I can't believe it's been that long ago. Uh, But when I knew Tiffany as a teacher in the Wichita Public Schools, she was one of the best, and I learned a lot from you. So um, I want you just to start out by telling us about your journey to becoming a stay-at-home mom. Well, I grew up with one of those really sad childhood stories, and my parents were not around. I was in multiple foster homes and just kind of that really sad kind of story. So I knew when I became a mom, a mom is what I always wanted to be. And I had a lot of fears of not being able to have children because it was something I desired so bad. I thought that for some reason it wouldn't happen, but it happened unexpectedly when we were not trying. And so when we had our son, Jude, I was teaching fourth grade at the time. And my husband knew that when we had children, I was going to stay home. So that is what we did. I just quit my job and my family that was stable thought that I was crazy and they were really concerned for my well-being financially because my husband didn't make a lot of money but it was really important for us to stay home and I had done photography on the side as a teacher but I kind of just thought I would just continue that and it really took off to where now I make I mean close to three times the amount as I ever did as a teacher and I work far less hours and Now, I did enjoy teaching, but I did not enjoy the politics of it. Whereas here I deal with different politics as in like hospital rules and things, but I am my own boss and it's pretty awesome. That is awesome and so amazing. And your husband helps you quite a bit in the business. Is that right? You guys get to do a lot of work together. Yeah, I do all the shooting, Uh, having a male in a birth room probably isn't going to go over very well. So as in taking photos and being doula, a doula. So he does all the book side of it, taxes. Uh, He built my studio. He makes my props. He's kind of the handyman behind. He's very much behind the scenes backbone of what we do. I love that. And it gives you so much more time to be with your family. I know that you said that you have like busy seasons during the spring and fall. So can you give us an idea of like how many hours per week are you working during a busy season? That varies for sure. I have, as we have a fifth one coming on the way, I've cut a way, way, way back. I used to shoot almost every evening. So as a photographer, 
doing outside photography, you shoot at sunset or sunrise and you shoot when normal people don't work. So I would have, you know, the day off and then every evening I'd be shooting, which was difficult when my husband works a normal civilian job, he's in the military. So when he works his military job or civilian, he works during the day and then I'm taking off at night. So we kind of worked opposite shifts for a bit. So this year I've definitely cut back to, and Saturdays, I always work, you know, when on the weekends. And so I would have anywhere from, you know, two to five sessions on a Saturday and my whole day is just packed. But I've definitely cut that back. So I'm trying to shoot. It's very difficult to say no, but I'm trying to shoot on Saturdays only. And then along with one or two weeknights. Okay. And so it sounds like if you're shooting, then the kids are typically with your husband during those times. Do you have where you guys, where it doesn't work out for his schedule to be there with the kids and you have to get like childcare or another family member to care for the kids? It definitely did when they were younger. When they were younger, it was very difficult, especially being a birth photographer and having to leave at the drop of the hat any minute and in the middle of the night, any hour of the day. So that was more difficult. So what I did was I had a close family of ours that I actually met from the same school we taught at. and. We, she would trade photos for me to for her to watch our children and so she I would drop them off at her house anytime I needed to but now that they're a little older I'm not changing any diapers my youngest is going to be six on Saturday so I don't have to change anyone's diapers everyone can buckle themselves in the car seat they sleep it makes anywhere. A difference right like, there, buckling in the car seat I can't wait listen, for that. sister it's amazing when I had three toddlers it was something so um <laughs> They can all walk in the store. No one has to ride in the cart. Like it's, I like this new level of freedom. So it's, it's been able to free me up for sure. Uh, I do take my, everyone that comes to me knows that I'm very, very, very family oriented. And so if I'm without childcare, my kids come with me. And if it's at a nature center or wherever they go explore, Brianna's 13. So they go explore with her and they stay close by and I do my photos and then we all get back in the van and we go home. And I love that you're able to make those rules because it's your business. And so you just tell your clients, like, this is how it is. If they need to be with me, they're going to be here. So that's awesome. Also, I want you to talk a little bit, um, go back to like your beginnings in photography. So you were doing photography on the side. And I remember you actually took my younger sister's senior pictures when she was a senior. And I remember um, back then, you were doing a lot of senior pictures and wedding photography. So tell us about your journey from that to kind of going more niched into birth photography. Yeah. So I think definitely everybody knows a photographer, right? It's like, we all know people who do photography Uh, in order to make it a career and a business and an income for your family. You need to be smart and narrow that down into what you love. So when everyone starts, I think, the majority of people start doing everything. So seniors, weddings, reunions, I mean, babies, families, they're doing it all. And I just realized that I didn't love to do it all. And I realized I wasn't growing as a photographer in my skill level because I didn't have time to hone in on my skills in particular. Like I can get any child to smile, even with all this COVID business and these scared little children who don't seem to like people, I will get your kid to cooperate and smile. And so that is what I, my passion is, is with children. Uh, I quickly learned that after doing some seniors and weddings and 
Weddings were stressful. They paid really well. I would be smarter to go back to weddings because they're planned. They are in the calendar. They're a certain amount of time, whereas births are all over the place. But I don't, I don't have a passion for it. Uh, telling a senior how to put their hand and like how to tilt their head. I don't, it's awkward to me and I, I'm not passionate about it. So I will leave that to people who are. So I learned a lesson quickly when I was doing weddings, birth photography about six years, seven years ago was starting to become a thing, but it was super taboo. And people were like, you do photos of what? And it's like, no, not just down there with my camera the whole time. That's not what I'm doing. I remember having to constantly defend myself. I was definitely one of the first one and first people in our area, the Wichita area to do birth photography. Uh, so since I've been at it so long, I've built a big rapport with people uh, as in medical professionals, other doulas, um, you know, midwives, OBs, nurses, all of them. So most of the time, if you here in a circle, someone that needs a birth photographer, my name will usually come up. And then behind that is, but she's really expensive, but she's the best. And so um, I, cause I do, I value pricing. Pricing is difficult. So, so hard when you're doing an art type thing, but I have four little children and one on the way that I homeschool and I'm the sole income in our house. So I can't undercharge. It's just not something that I can do. Um, and people are willing to pay it because they know that the service that I provide is is I hope that they would say great. Um, people come back to me all the time and uh, I just, I meet the best families, but all that to say, I, I asked, begged a friend, which you actually know who she is. Cause she was also at Gardner, the school we taught at. Um, I begged her to photograph her daughter's birth. And I was like, this is the thing. Like I want to do it. And she was like, okay, weirdo, let me run it by her. And since then I've done both of her daughter's She's now had three births and she's going to possibly have a fourth one. So I've been at every single one of her births. And I just, the first time I photographed that birth, I was in love. And I'd only had my first child then, uh, but I was in love. I knew this is what I wanted to do. So then I had a whole nother year because the birth spoke so far in advance that I had some weddings. Well, I had a Kansas City wedding from a high school friend. And I literally had to drive from Kansas City before her wedding. I was already up there come back to Wichita for a birth that I had booked, but, you know, didn't know when she was going to go in labor, had to come back to Wichita, shoot her birth, drive back in the wee hours of the morning and barely got there enough time to shoot her wedding. So after that, I realized, okay, birth work is serious and on call. I can no longer do weddings because you can't reschedule a wedding. You can't reschedule a birth. So that taught me very quickly that if I were going to do this, I needed to be all in. And that's kind of what brought me here. If I do have like a normal family session or something, they're always so understanding and they know births come when they come. And most of my clients are birth clients. So they're like, no, sister, I get it. We'll reschedule. So I haven't really run into to any issues there, um, but I learned very quickly. You don't do it all with births. Yes, that's so good. Well, there's so much there to um, talk about and dig into, but I want to talk a little bit more about the price because I have um, heard your name come up from people that, you know, I, we have no connection with through teaching, but they'll say, oh, well, I know about T. Marie, or I heard this, and I'll be like, oh, yes, of course, she's fabulous, and there is always that, but the prices, and so I want you to talk about that a little bit more. How did you, I mean, I'm sure you didn't start out from day one having, like, the high prices, so how did you decide or um you know, make that choice to increase your prices and, 
did you struggle with the fact that 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 put you out of the price range for some people? Did you ever feel like, oh, maybe I should go back? Because I know when people have their own business, this is something that comes up for a lot of people. Honestly, you know, when I first started doing photography in general, I think, you know, I charged $50 and you got a CD, like charge nothing. Um, But at the time I didn't have children and I didn't have, you know, my husband made enough money. And so I saw it kind of as a hobby. It took several years for me to see it as a career. And I, even now, now people know this is what I do and they know my family's not starving, which I appreciate because for a while it was like, is your family okay? Are you guys making it? Do you need anything? And it's like, yes, we have food on our table and our bills are paid. Thank you. (laughs) It it took a long time for a lot of my stable family to realize. First, their question was when I stayed home from teaching, they were like, well, are you going to make six figures with photography? And I was like, I don't make six figures now. Like what What in the world? Um, but, but now I, I mean I do on busy years if I push it I can easily grow six figures I could grow yeah. if my kids went to public school sister I could grow more but <laughs> I don't have a desire to do that so for me my family is more important than money but I do need to make sure the time away I spend with him is worth it and so when I my first couple births I did for free and then you know, I charged $400 after that. And then I slowly just increased it. I think the way to know when you're too high is when you don't get bookings and you hear crickets. But honestly, because I've been at this so long, I feel like I have a pretty good reputation and I try to be a good, honest business person. I don't have an issue. I mean, I turn people away a ton and I book up full. I've never had, I'm so thankful. God has been so good. I don't have to worry. And that's the most beautiful thing about this for us is that if we did get in a money crunch or needed help, I could easily just post like, Hey, I'm opening up sessions and people would be all over it. And so I really appreciate that. I think my kind of motto when I mentor other photographers is just take care of people. If you take care of people, they will take care of you. And a lot of my moms that I photograph are same income as us. I mean, middle income, you know, we're working hard. We aren't just out on at the beach, you know, all the time. And we don't spend money frivolously, like extra money. And so I think for, for us, like when we have, when we're hiring a birth photographer for this baby, we're making payments, you know, we're putting them on time and we let our clients do the same. If they get in a money crunch, like we trust, we've never been messed over. And I just think that that is, a testament to how you treat people and take care of people. But as for being most expensive, I always expect that. Um, But I'm not, as for the birth photography world, I'm higher than in our area, but we don't have very many in our area. As for family photography and newborn photography, I'm not higher than other people. I used to be, but now I'm kind of right. There's now been a few others that have come up here. So and they're all good and they book out and I <laughs> try to send people to them and they're like, their book, their books. Can you send someone else to me? And so oh, no. we, I think we have a beautiful thing um, here and I know that we all take good care of people. That's good. So do you see this um, birth photography as something that is a growing trend, not just in our area, but in America in general? For sure. And it, 
And I always tell people too, it's a luxury item. So if you can't afford it, I mean, ask a friend if they'll take photos, ask somebody who's newer, who's maybe getting their feet wet to do it. They won't be the same quality as what I can probably provide with the expensive equipment that I have and the knowledge that I have. But if you're just looking for photos, somebody is able to do it for you. The on-call schedule is what's the hardest and most birth photographers don't stick with it for very long at all. So I've been at this for seven years. I'm the only one in our area that's been at it that long. And I have days where I'm like, you know, I'm quitting births. This is ridiculous. Like our first camping trip with the kiddos, we got a, a tent unpacked, a kiddos asleep. We had to pack up and leave in the middle of the night because I had to go to a birth. Oh and I've had goodness. to leave lake trips, lake trips. I've had to leave birthday parties for my kids. I've had to miss things. I mean, it's a sacrifice. And you know, OBs are on call and now I don't do anything to the extent that, that an OB does, but that's why, I mean, they get a majority of their money is because they're on call all the time. Right. And speaking of that, do you ever um, think about like, I know you said that you, you've mentored some people, but do you ever think about training someone to the level that you would feel comfortable with being able to have them replace you if you weren't able to be there? Yeah, I definitely thought that that would be the way to expand my business. Um, it takes a lot to pour into that person. And I kind of have some trust issues from my childhood. So it's a little difficult for me to think of that idea, but I'm not opposed to it. If I found the right person who shared very similar morals as me, because I do think a lot of people are drawn to me be because of what I believe. And so that faith is important to me. Some of the <clears throat> health decisions that I make are important to me to be on the same page um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Also, I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about when you said that, you know, when you left your teaching job, because you knew like, okay, I'm having my baby and I'm definitely staying home with my baby. I like the fact that you didn't have it all figured out yet when you were like, well, I'm resigning because the baby's coming. And I like that because I did the same thing. I mean, for me, I had a lot of the same fears you talked about where you knew you wanted to be a mom so badly that then you had those fears of, but what if it doesn't happen for me? And I have been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome in my early 20s. And so I knew that um, infertility is definitely a symptom of that. And on top of that, I got divorced when I was almost 30. So I was really like, okay, am I going to meet someone in time? And then is my body going to cooperate? So thankfully for us, um, at, during my first round of fertility treatments, we got pregnant with my son and everything went so smooth. I loved being pregnant, but I just always knew like, if I ever get to have my own child, I'm staying home with them. And and my husband, he was like, okay, we'll see, but I don't think that's going to work in today's world. Um, so whenever we found out, I was like, okay, remember, like I'm staying home. <laughs> and, and the same was true for me. I earned more than he did at that time. So it was, I mean, it was a big sacrifice financially for us. But um, once I had been home with my son for a year and we were thinking about me going back to teaching just because financially we were still struggling and I just hadn't figured out my thing. Like I didn't have a thing on the side that was a money-making 
possibility, like photography or something like that. And so that first year home with him, I struggled so much to think, okay, but what can I do that's still going to let me have time with him and make enough? You know, I, I wanted it to be worth my time. And that's when I started to like, just listen to podcasts and read books and get online and just start exploring and seeing all the different possibilities out here. But I want you to go back to that. And you said that some of your family members were concerned and like, what are you doing? Did you think even at that time with, with your photography um, being more of like a hobby on the side, did you think that that would explode in the way it did or did you just hope it would? Or what was kind of your thinking around that at the time? It's interesting because I actually had no expectation whatsoever. I think at the time I was grossing like $12,000 with photography. And so I just thought it would continue as a hobby and I'd be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm stubborn enough that if I want something, I will make it work. So I knew that my husband and I, we could downsize if we needed, which we didn't live in a big house anyway, but we would make it work because we knew it was important for our family, for a mother to be present in the house, in the home with the children. And so yeah, I, people just kept booking me and booking and booking and booking and booking and booking. And then I was shooting so much. It was so crazy. I was like, I can't do this. And Mike said, you need to raise your prices. So I did. And then it was still the same. And he said, you need to raise your prices. And I did. And it was still the same. And he said, you need to raise your prices. And so now I feel like I'm at a price level where I'm not feeling a hundred percent overwhelmed with work at all. I love to work and I'm a little bit of a workaholic. So I love to do what I do, um, but I do feel stretched thin often with my kids. And so I am often reminded that I'm here for them. The work can come next. It doesn't come first. And I think growing up in poverty and not knowing, you know, what's coming next and me being able to be in control of that is difficult for me to let go. And that's where my faith comes in so strong because God always teaches me that he's in control and that he will provide exactly what we need when we need it. And he always does. That's so good. And I'm finding the same thing now that I'm starting to find some things that I am passionate about and starting to earn a little bit of money from those things like writing and um, just, I haven't made money from the podcast yet, but doing the podcast and interviewing people and just absolutely loving it. But now I'm starting to find that shift of like, sometimes I find myself wanting to work on it more than I really need to at this point. And even during the times that I need to really just be spending with my son and like, you know, soaking up that time. Do you, um, have you had times where you've realized like, okay, I'm spending a little too much time on work and I've got to set some boundaries for my family. And if so, how did you do that? all the time. My daughter was just saying we were talking about personality types and we were saying that her and I are very similar and from the outside it you know people often get jealous or they think like oh she's got it perfect or I'll hear people make comments like you know oh if I was just like Tiffany and and those really hurt me because I I want to tell them and tell them that like no I'm struggling too you know I struggle to find balance and you know I'm picky about our food so I make everything from scratch well that entails lots of groceries and lots of food prep and my husband has high blood pressure and I refuse to put him on medicine because I'm a little crunchy so we do it diet controlled well that takes time and so when I start to feel lacking slacking on some of those and then I have you know clients emailing me because my turnaround time is super quick for photos 
But if I'm over a week, because that's, you know, they're used to having them just a few days after. And then when we get our photos taken, it takes like a month to get our photos back. And so I have to remind myself that no, you can say, I'll give them to you in a few days. You know, you don't have to please everyone all the time that you hardly know. Whereas a lot of my clients are like family now and they're super understanding, but for other clients, I try to just make the expectation that, you know, my family comes first and I'm constantly booking like a getaway or, or just like booking something here in Wichita. Like, let's go to the zoo. Let's go do these things. Cause that makes me feel like a good intentional mom when I'm away from my home and I'm away from work. When you work from home, it's very difficult to separate yourself as I'm hiding in my car right now. And my children are inside, so it can be quiet in here. It's very difficult to separate. And I, I don't want that separation too much because I want them to see that mom's ambitious and mom's working hard. Mom does, you know, she's in charge of us, but other people are kind of in charge of her because I work for other people. And I think that relationship is good and healthy. You just have to constantly check where your heart is. And I'm, I'm doing that a lot. A lot of times my husband takes the, the you know, that he's the back burner and all of this. And we intentionally have a Friday night date night where we have a sitter every Friday, same sitter. And we go out and we, you know, spend time together because otherwise I'll work myself till, you know, I'll stay up till 3 a.m. editing so I can get my to-do list done because checking that off feels so good and it makes me feel like I'm accomplished. But then when I'm a bear the next day because I haven't slept and I'm grumpy when I'm homeschooling because the kids aren't getting done fast enough so I can go take newborn photos, you know, that's when I start to realize things are not healthy and I'm constantly checking myself and trying to figure out what I need to do and what amount of money is important for me to make sacrifices kind of thing. That's so good. Thank you for being so transparent today, Tiffany. And I just want to wrap it up with this last question, which is what advice do you have for moms who need to earn an income for their families, but they also really want to be home full time with their kids? I think this day and age, there's a, a lot of ways you can earn money and you just have to find what you're passionate about. You know, if that's selling oils, go for it. If that's writing, go for it. If that's, you know, becoming an editor and editing people's blogs, go for it. Um, being a, a social influencer, you know, go for it. But just whatever you do, make sure photographer, I, just make sure that you are being present with your family and you're not letting it overrun your life. So we're constantly, my husband is in the military and we're trying to figure out how can he make more so I can make less so I can be present more as we're about to welcome this baby. I feel like it's going to be a great transition for our family and teach me to slow it down because my babies are stinking needy and I will need to be present with them. Um, and I may have some births where the, I'm wearing the baby and it's coming with me because uh -huh. that's the way that our family works. And my clients are so amazing, especially with doing doula work. Like they're, they know that this is important and I'm passionate about birth. I'm passionate about very type eight Enneagram. I'm passionate about people standing up for themselves and advocating. And I'm always willing to help photographers out by answering questions. I'm never one of those snobby ones that won't tell you how I got where I got because I didn't take any classes or do any training. I just worked my way up and worked hard and here I am. So I'm very thankful that God's given us this opportunity for me to be with my kids and make a significant amount of money to provide for our family. I love it. What is the best way for our listeners to reach out to you or learn more about what you do? 
You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my website is www.teamrephoto.com. On Facebook and Instagram, you just type that in. You'll find me eventually. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And thank you for the important work that you're doing here in our hometown. Yeah, thanks for having me. The goal of this podcast is to inspire and encourage as many moms as possible to design their lives in a way that allows them to have freedom and flexibility to spend as much time with their kids as possible and earn the income they need for their families. You can help me reach more moms by subscribing to, reviewing, and sharing the podcast. I love connecting with my listeners. So reach out and leave a review. If you have an idea for someone who should be a guest on the show, or you would like me to find a guest in a specific field, let me know. I'm here to serve you. Join me next week for another episode of the Capital Mom Podcast.